This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hey, this is Nick Munt from Bone Collector, and you're listening to a Working Class Bowhunter podcast. You're listening to the Working Class Bowhunter. That's right. This is the podcast for Billy Joe Lunchbucket, the working man, just like me and you. My name's Travis T-Bone Turner from the Bone Collector. Thank you for tuning in. Hey, this is Melissa Bachman. You're listening to Working Class Bowhunter. Stay tuned and listen to them every week. Hey, guys. This is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. Tune in to the Working Class Bowhunter podcast. It's really, really not that good. Well, here we are, episode 35, here on a beautiful, sunny, whatever day you want to believe that we record this podcast on. Welcome, <laughs> and uh, we are actually into deer season. Here we are at the Buckatorium, exactly. uh, still talking, at 1600 Buckslayer Place, <laughs> still not winded. Got sent to the doctor today, and I'm still here, so you're welcome, everybody. All right, guys, are skipping weeks. Yeah. Yeah, so what happened, a... basically, we skipped a week. Uh, we had to, it was opening day. <laughs> it was opening day. We had a good excuse. So uh, we went hunting, and uh, Logan's been MIA. It's okay. We'll worry about him when he gets done. He's working. Hey, we'll worry about that later. Um, yeah, we had a first week of bow season is underway. Um, it was probably the best opening weekend ever. ever. No, it wasn't. I mean, well, no, it's like windy. Aside from no one killing any, uh, I was at a the, wedding. Yeah, you were, <laughs> you the, were tempi- the temperature was real nice. Uh, got out. It was perfect October wind. conditions. Really, it was. Twas, twas, twas. Um, twas. Huh? Huh? Twas. T W A S. And probably a bunch of red dots under it because it's not a real. So word. far, my seasons. I don't know. It's almost too early to be like, oh yeah, my early season's slow because I haven't really got a chance to go out. It's just been both. I mean, I've seen activity, but nothing. Like late season, yeah. I drew back on a doe and never got a shot off opening opening afternoon. Um, D Rock, what happened last night? Yeah, buddy, tell us a story. Smoked me one of those uh, fawn eaters. 
Fawn eaters, huh? Fawn eaters, yeah. huh? Fawn eaters. You didn't have like a cool term like trash panda or something? No, I just came up with that on the fly. I don't. Just so you guys know, a trash panda is <laughs> what we call a raccoon now. Yeah. And groundhogs are ground grizzlies. Just so an FYI. I've stuck everything but a deer so far, <laughs> and I missed a doe. Missed a doe. He yeah. stuck it to the man, too, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. He ain't working right now. Yeah, well, two things I'll never do again is uh, hunt on a field line on a windy day. You're sitting up there just swaying back and forth. <laughs> when we say it was windy, it was really windy. <laughs> it was like 40 mile an hour wind. Yeah, I, I think my wait, what uh, day was it? That wasn't yesterday, was it? I don't know. I've been up so many times, I don't remember. It was a few days ago. Yeah, For like three, four days, suck. it was just yeah, beeline winds. I think I my phone you couldn't said even like, hear anything. My phone said 13, and it was more like gusts of 30. So yeah, I can believe that. So w- that's the first thing, and the second thing is I'll never get down because I'm frustrated that it was too windy. Because I jumped two bucks, <laughs> and then we've all been there. Uh, yeah, we've, we've all that. been there, especially Monday. Hey, yikes! yikes. Never get it, down early. I uh, down early. I I did on Monday. I, I had had a great couple. Two, the first Saturday and Sunday were great. Seen a seen a lot of deer, tons of turkey, and I was like, man, it might be a little bit warm, but we're gonna get out Monday anyway. Uh, so I get there about four fifteen or whatever. I get into the stand. I'm like, man, I hope it's not too late. And here's my theory: like, if I don't see bugs, I I just assume that they all died. Like, I assume like the first the first time it dips below forty degrees, all the bugs are like, yeah, we're dead. Doesn't we're never happen. coming back. Oh, doesn't happen indeed. I actually haven't had any problems with mosquitoes or bugs or my stands anything. are just up so high that. I- they can't they fly. Can't they fly were, that high. They run out of oxygen. Make it up <laughs> it's to a me. different ozone. Yeah. I swear it happened. I was walking in. I uh, got up in one of my stand. I call it the Big Ten stand, and it's thirty something feet. Yeah, Maryland's now in that stand. What? Nothing. Don't get that one. <laughs> uh, for our Big Ten fans out there, they'll get that. Oh, basketball! I think. Okay. Oh, close football. football. There you go. There you go. Yeah, no one cares. No one cares about the Cubs either. Um, um, who? <laughs> exactly. I have. I know a whole city that would beg to differ, but yeah, yeah we'll we see ain't going there. State, you mean? The state of Chicago. So uh, bugs don't fly up thirty feet. Yeah, they can't make it. They're too weak. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> well, a I can lie. tell you, at about ten and a half feet, they're right there. Ten and a half feet. Yeah, there's this. It's Dude, a crazy. Se- I, I'm don't even you, talk about that on here because you you just lost all credibility. No, as no, real no, 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 no. It's, it's a better st- than sitting on a tire, I guess. It's a stand that has been out there for years, and there's been some good luck out there. It's it, the way uh, if you can <laughs> see the property, the way that it, cousin it kinda, hung it. <laughs> if I jumped high enough, I could climb into that. Yeah, you could no. dunk a stand that high. <laughs> 13, you could just jump it. You don't even need a thirteen <laughs> foot ladders out there, man. Come on, man. There's some <laughs> oh man! Anyway. No, it's it, it's 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 uh, the where that setup is, and if you saw the tree, there's not. You're just more in the line of sight when you're at ten ten feet than anything from a distance. Mm-hmm. Like you know what I mean? If you're if a deer's Dude, fifty yards, camo, ten foot up, your eye your eye level, level with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a, it's a, it's. I don't pretty, know why I'm not seeing anything. I don't get it. It's pretty nice first. setup. Why he's eating an Arby's French dip? Just <laughs> I don't get it. It's so good. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> So oh, before bo- before both season we had uh, RVs, didn't we? Yeah, and it hasn't worked for us. We just switched to Taco Bell. Yeah, no, we might need oh, to. Um, we're rambling. Um, so it seems like you know we said before both season started, 
we're only hunting afternoons. Mornings are out of the picture. What have I mean, you guys seen? It's mixed, dude, because we were talking about this before the podcast, and I'm telling my dad, I'm like, let's just, first two weeks, we'll make it packed. Like, we'll just stay out of there in the mornings, like, get everything situated, go in the afternoons. Well, with the moon, too, it's been hard. And then, well, yeah, I think the temperatures polite, are changing things, because it's been so good um, for the first couple, I mean, I haven't seen any buck movement, because it's just, yeah, I'm a working dude with average property, or <laughs> below average property, depends on where you're at. Um, like, I saw Jim Tomey. Killed a hundred and ninety inch <laughs> deer opening morning. That thing is a mu- well, but to be fair, there's no guy that deserves a great buck like that dude. That dude is the best. But yeah. there has been a lot jealous. of deers shot. In Sean the morning, Ryan though. shot an awesome. Our buddy Sean shot an awesome buck. Um, he did like the first few days of the season. I think it was second day, second yeah. or third day. I know for me, opening morning, I went out. This is just killing me, man. Yeah, you gotta go. you're getting that itch. I, I yeah. gotta go. Yeah, you know mm-hmm. what? I did opening morning. Went to work. Oh yeah, me and Eric. We well, Eric is working. I'm just riding the, uh, the, the shutdown train. train here. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I think that in uh, one other morning, I hunted mornings and I haven't seen anything. So afternoons has been pretty good lately so do you guys remember that pack that he just brought up that we don't hunt mornings and yet he's already hunted two mornings well opening morning yes Ah. (laughs) after this weekend though i'm gonna i got three new sets i'm gonna hang and just can some just for extra place to go with the winds doing something weird and plus just an extra area yep um and i'm all where i hunt all timber so one spot could be all right you don't see nothing and then you move 50 70 yards whatever up a ridge line where they're cutting across, and you could see that's where all the deer are moving. What's the timber so thick? Wait, you, did you say well, the year are moving. All the deer are moving. I thought you said year. Way to way to bring it to a halt, what? Steve. I'm like what? Steve's like, oh, Arby's and ten foot stands. Mm, this Arby's is good though. Okay, number one, it's if quicker. anybody knows me, I don't talk with my mouth open. Yeah, that's a waste lie. of flavor. <laughs> um, yeah, they're starting to cut corn now, and. Yeah, I need the corn to come out. There's like, a lot of corn coming out. ASAP. I need deer to just want acorns. Acorns. I've, I've yeah. seen a bunch of fields where there's only like three rows left up. You know, we've been cutting corn the last two weeks, and I've seen a lot of buck movement coming out of the corn. Yeah, you guys have jumped a couple out, haven't you? Oh yeah, quite a few Probably actually. A dozen. They're in the corn. Last week, that's where they are. They're in the corn. Yeah, I can't blame them. Do we have any candy corn here? This is kind of off topic. It's not quite that time yet. <laughs> Steve's shutting us down. This <laughs> Sorry, time. man. Sorry. I'm just, you know, I starving like a Marvin over here. I am. I haven't eat, I didn't eat anything all day today. Strangely. Oh, God. Look out, guys. I, I, so, yeah, I, I had never played the wind until this year. I did a little bit last year, but now I've been like, you know, dead, dead on the wind. That's your key. And, yeah, I, and I haven't, I spent all that time planting that food plot for, for fall. And then I haven't been able to hunt it because that, Oh, cause this whole first bad. week has been northeast East, winds, yeah, uh-huh. and that just that just blows wait. right over my food plot. Oh, you can hope a button buck comes in. Dude, yeah, well. <laughs> highly recommended. Um, the app Hunt Stand. Um, love it. No, we yeah. have no affiliation with them at all. We just love I, that. I app. use it daily. I use the uh, Mossy Oak Scout Look Stand. Well, that's not as good as what we. No. Oh, as hunt okay. hunt, <laughs> hunt, hunt stand oh yeah, yeah. Like your that. your stuff sucks. No, I don't know. I've never it's used that app, but it's pretty good. I like hunt stand. You can mark all your uh, all your stand all locations your where your cameras are, and it gives you Dude. like a scent cone. Don't do that. Why? 
us, man. Let's put that information out there. Now the government has it. Now they can so, sell it. To someone people. hacks your hunt stand app. And <laughs> it goes exactly you, where you're going. Oh, hey, sp- speaking of that, again, I'm getting way off time. We just it's it's been a while. But did anybody see? I, I on Twitter there's this guy who put a picture of his trail cam, and it was a minivan on his trail cam. He's like, I have no idea whose minivan this is. This camera's <laughs> 200 yards off. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen. 200 yards off the nearest road. So somebody's doing some off-roading in a Windstar. That's impressive in itself. <laughs> yeah. It's like a Boone and Crockett I didn't know where you're going here. but That's, that's just as good as a Boone and Crockett on camera. <laughs> I, if, if not better. It could be better. <laughs> if it's Jared Scheffler and his minivan coming through your timber. Yeah. That's right. I asked him if he patterned that minivan Somebody, yet. <laughs> what do you say? It's not a uh, baby on board van. It's a baby get on board yeah. van. That's right. <laughs> there it is. We'll, we'll put this picture up on oh, the that's website. that's pretty funny. It's oh, yeah, the funniest will. thing I've ever seen. Somebody got lost going to Target. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> okay, well, we got to get moving here. We do have a guest this week. Um Take it away, Steve. I don't know where I'm going. I was I was very impressed. I was hoping you were going to sweep us off our feet. Uh, we'll do something like this. And now, introduce it. Do we have him on the phone yet? No, he's not on the phone yet. <laughs> so, uh, Let's go ahead and get should, him on the phone. Probably introduce him I'll get him on the phone. Let's yeah. get him. Let's get him. All right, and uh, with us on the phone here, we've got Kevin Peterson here with uh, Matrix Targets. Kevin, how you doing? Doing great. How are you guys doing? Oh, Bad. just peachy. <laughs> Another you day know. in Illinois. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, I don't know. It's It's been an interesting day. But, hey, we got you on the phone now, so it's going to make it uh, that much better, and we're, everybody's going to leave with a smile on their face, we hope. <laughs> so, Kevin's with Matrix Targets. I don't know if you guys have uh, heard of Matrix Targets, but it's probably the coolest idea in Targets that we've ever seen. That I've ever seen. Um, Amazing. Take take it away, Kevin. Tell us a little bit about Matrix Targets. Well, you know, I mean, got you guys over the last several years have seen these incredible enhancements to all the archery equipment. And, uh, you know, one area that we always thought that we never saw improvements on was the target. And and I think what really drove the design, you know, I, just, I tried the idea about nine years ago. And then uh, and every time you think you have a good idea, so it's 10 or 20 other people. So it's all about speed to market. So just kind of mm-hmm. kept watching and watching, nothing really improving. And then, you know, started checking out, you know, archery patents and thought, you know, really truly being frustrated at blowing out the center of, uh, of targets specifically like layered foam targets and, and how much unused, especially. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the fact that we wanted to have something that you could both use field points and broadhead. So, you know, I just had our sons, Kevin goes by KG. He was just, I think, freshman down at USC, just starting his engineering uh, program down there. And he started uh, tinkering around with uh, just even symbols on a Word doc and just said, you know, he said, if we did something with like hexagons with the six sides and with the frictional force and we could do seven. So it really started evolving the design. Mm-hmm. And, um, so then it just kind of, over time, we, at, I'd say probably two years ago where we really got into this, I met with a patent attorney and she had said, well, I think you have a number of valid claims. Um, so we, this design has evolved into not only hex, hexagonal uh, modules, but the diamonds that, that hold them in and then a channel that we run the strap around and then also um, 
there's a tongue and groove element, which we felt was really important. We didn't want, you know, our big thing is we want every you guys want, always want to shoot the center. You shoot better when you shoot the center. Mm-hmm. You lose less arrows when you shoot the center. And this design just allows you to, uh, you know, rotate the modules in and out. Um, what we didn't want to have happen is have you shoot the center module and you pull your arrow and the whole piece comes out. So we added that tongue and groove element. So we've got a pop out on one side of the hex. So it fits like a 3D puzzle when you think about it. Kind of locks everything um, together. Yeah, it locks it together. And, um, you know, I think a lot of the challenges we had was uh, in design, and I'd say a lot of the sleepless nights are staring at the ceiling thinking about design. <laughs> was, you know, because you think about it, one, we want it to be poor. We want to shoot. We practice out the 100 yards, not that you'd ever take that as a primary shot. But, For sure. you know, if you practice at 100, you become very, very – uh, shoot tighter groups at and very very good at 50 and 60 yards. And the other thing Absolutely. is, if you get it, if you got an elk with an arrow in him and he's hung up at 80 or 100, you're not thinking twice about flinging a 20 yard arrow at him. You're going to put another one in him. Yeah. So mm-hmm. anyhow, the design was, all right. I want a target I can shoot out to 100, but I also want something that's adjustable in size. So if you guys you're going to deer elk camp, you say, you know, I don't have room for this, the bigger um, matrix. Just throw a single hex in the back of your truck, and that's your 20-yard target, make sure your bow hasn't been bumped. You know, that's the first everything. thing I thought of when I saw the targets because I, I drive a little Subaru around. That's like my hunting rig this year. And, <laughs> you know, if if I want to bring a target with me and throw it in the back of my car like uh, like a regular-sized foam target, you know, those big square targets, it's not happening. That's, yeah. that takes up a lot of room for me. And uh, so one of these just single pieces of your target, I can just throw it in and take it in, and before I go to the stand, shoot a 20-yard real quick and be like, all right, good to go for a tree stand. Yep. Yeah, and, and that was that was um, the adjustable size. Out, and then you could make a 3X and 4X version within the same, um, uh, using the same pieces or same modules. But um, So that was, and then along with, uh, we wanted it, you know, use a self-healing foam. You know, we've been... Actually, what we developed, we're calling a hybrid polymer, just because the word foam just sounds so dated. But yeah. um, but anyhow, you know, our, our design, we feel, is really, really good. And But our design, um, if you have a material that you can't, you need to come along to pull your arrow out, is terrible. So um, it's really a combination of our design along with a really... Uh, great material that that's making this thing work. And so I imagine I say, once, once someone has one of these targets, say they blow out two or three of the what were you calling? I no. want to call them cylinders, but they're not cylinders. Oh, uh, just call it hex. We call them hexes yeah. and diamonds. Okay, just hexes and diamonds. Okay, someone blows out two or three hexes, they can just buy the replacement hexes. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. And you know, part of the thing to why we went consumer direct because um, if we did sell this product in a big box store like Cabela's or Seals or something, you know, based on what like Reinhardt charges per cubic foot of material, I mean, it'd be well over 400 bucks. So, mm-hmm. um, and our whole thing is saying, hey, we if we keep this thing at 295 and we've been doing flat rate shipping at 25 bucks, um, we're really undercutting Reinhardt by $25 a cubic foot of material. And then like you guys mentioned, if you're replacing hexes, you know, uh, next year, if you need a hex or two, you're buying a hex for 45 bucks a piece. You don't have to buy a um, new target. No, absolutely not. 
Yeah, and, and all, I guess if you want idea. one hex, will probably take a hell of a beating. You could sit there, blow that one side of the hex out, or you know, shoot the crap out of it, then switch it over, shoot the other side out, and then just get a new hex that you shot out. And really, you're only going to go through one. I mean, if you that's if you shoot a lot too. Not a lot of people shoot that much. Yeah, I think you got. I've got guys that are rotating. Um, they'll shoot the center with broadheads, or when they're shooting broadheads, they'll they'll have one that they're designating their broadhead X, and then when they're done, they move that to the outside and move a fresh one in for see. That's field a so it's great kinda, idea. The whole and it's kind of like you know I've been, I've been kind of calling it manage you know manager matrix. I mean everybody shoots differently. There's some guys shoot broadheads all the time, or just shoot prior to a season opening, and other guys are just all field points. So. You know the thing about manager matrix. It's about hey, you you can if you want to blow up one just on broadheads, um, do it. I mean, yeah. And like you said, the one thing we didn't know in the design, which is important to bring up, is when we put this thing together, we did not know how the seams would handle shots. We didn't know. And that seems like it'd be a big question for you guys too. From someone it's a it's a targets. it's a huge question. It was a huge one of the questions we had on our mind, and, and we didn't know till we had a prototype. Uh, a year ago um, in July that until we started shooting it. And, and the amazing thing is the with the tongue and groove element, it just acts like it's a solid piece. Um, it doesn't chunk out. like I mean, it, it performs just like you're shooting the face. Mm-hmm. And arrow removal is the same, um, which was also very important. And I think they covered that on that Eastman's um, yeah. product review, now, too. Yeah, they did. Now, uh, and I'm... I'm trying to look and see if it's on here. Uh, can these take... Uh, Throw out his website um, so you um, guys can check it out. Yeah. Oh, uh, go to matrixtargets.com. Oh, simple enough. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm on it here. Uh, can you shoot uh, crossbows into this? Yeah. Um, you know, original design, I wasn't really thinking crossbow because I'm not a crossbow guy, but I, um, I did want to test it, and I had a customer in Wisconsin that shot it with a... Um, 410 feet per second, and um, I don't remember the name of the crossbow, but and and did great. Uh, now you do need a, you're shooting a crossbow, you're going to need a puller though to get them out. Oh, okay. It's a little it's a little bit it's a little bit stiffer than shooting arrows at 330 feet, <laughs> as far as uh, so. But um, yes, you can. In fact, uh, um, he shot it, and he and then he was he used some kind of he put an arrow lube on that just made it like pulling a knife out of butter. But, um, but yes, it is crossbow friendly. Okay. I just, I, 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 I've seen a lot of, uh, a lot of situations where, where, you know, guys that are getting hurt on the job or something still want to hunt and still want to shoot. And then, you know, got to pull the crossbow. So I didn't want to leave anybody out. Right. No, no, no. I like your thinking. The other thing too, just, um, you know, you don't have it in front of you, but um, just to kind of describe the straps we're using, um, you know, that was the other thing we didn't know how easy or difficult it would be to try to adjust the uh, target or move the modules around. So what we do is just um, you lay it on its side. I've got the straps are two-inch heavyweight polyester, so think of a lot heavier material than your seatbelt. And a couple mm-hmm. reasons we did that was – you know how flimsy your seatbelt is. I needed something a little more rigid that would hold its shape, so I call it lasso. So when you you undo that strap and if you choose to remove it, 
that you're able, it holds its shape so you're able to lasso the target easily by yourself, not having to have somebody help you. And we use a quick-release buckle as opposed to, and that was a lot of uh, um, different options that we tested there. I mean, you know how guys either love or uh, hate ratchet straps. I mean, yeah. we we looked at all kinds of buckles and then just happened to find this quick-release buckle that just works really great. So you're barely hand-tight on it, flip it over, and you're good to go. Really? Um, yeah, it, yeah, you're not jumping on it, um, having to... Uh, snug it down and then um and literally barely hand tight you'll see it kind of suck it's they kind of all the pieces just suck in together <laughs> we not, will post uh, to have your buddy bear hug it and try hurry up. <laughs> go now two guys sitting um, on it we will put the uh in the link of the well in the description of the episode we'll put the uh his website we'll put a couple of the videos on it and uh we'll have some pictures on uh social media tonight on our facebook and yeah so instagram for people like I listen in my truck all the time. So if people listening right now that have never seen it, can you kind of describe like the dimensions of it or the shape of it? If they're not getting yeah. this whole honeycomb hex deal, then honeycomb. Yeah, absolutely. So you've got um, the hexagon modules are um, eight inches flat side to flat side, and uh, part of the reason we went with that because then then we're having a when you think of a hexagon shape, flat side to flat side, now the whole target is 24 inches by 24, and then you're at the widest point of the hex is just over 27 inches. And that um, way we came up with that was just looking at other targets in size and then also thinking again about shooting longer distances, what's something that's uh, not um, still gonna, something we can shoot at 100 yards but still something you can carry. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're four, 14 inches deep. Probably one of the biggest um, issues as far as thinking about design and uh, ramifications if it were not to work out was I know we could have gone, um, we went 14 inches. If we, we could have gone a little bit narrower or shorter with 12, but the problem we were thinking was what if we shoot the top of the target and the target tips over? which I would consider yeah. an epic fail from a design standpoint, and then you're in That happens a lot of bag targets because yeah. bag targets oh, yeah. are cheap, and most people buy bag targets, and they're buying yep. that target every year. They don't think about that. But, yeah, that's but When a, you hit the top, it does fall over. Yep. Yeah, yeah. this one, trust me, it, it'll, you, you'll move it a little, but you're not going to dump it. And so that was – and then it's kind of interesting because, again, we – so the 14 inches works, the 8 by 8 seems to be the right size for hexes. The diamonds, what we found out um, during beta test was you just never hit them. I mean, you probably never have to buy a diamond again. Um, Chris Rager that started Trophy Ridge uh, years ago, um, he now has the toxic broadheads. He shot he shot it with one of his toxic broadheads, and he hit, he had a scud missile to hit, hit one of the diamonds. But outside of that, I mean, I think we had like, I don't know, 4,000 shots, and you just, you just don't hit the diamonds because you're yeah. rotating those hexes yeah. to the inside. Right. In fact, one of those videos you guys will see, the reason you'll see hits or shots all the way to the outside edge is because those had already been rotated in. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the thing is, we mentioned those toxic broadheads going into that target. That's like a bore almost, yeah. the way that their blades are designed. I, I started shooting those toxics last year, and just broadhead tuning them tore up the uh, broadhead side of the target that I had. 
<laughs> and, well, and they're ask. nasty on anything. They'll tear mine up too. But I, I, I know, I know they they wanted. I tell you what, they really liked it. Jason and Chris like they bought Target. They got one in their shop, and they're already saying how they want to have some of their toxic green on the Target, which was oh, was pretty cool. cool but um, so, uh, and then total weight. Um, you know, our density is no secret. It's uh, 10 pounds per cubic foot, which is very similar to uh, what Reinhardt runs. And uh, so our target's right at in that 43-pound range. Yeah, I think that's a, per- and that was- that's a perfect weight, too, because a lot of these targets you shoot, um, like if you shoot the outside, it'll turn on you. Yep. I think it's heavy enough where it's not going to spin on you or rotate the other way. Yeah, like the smaller... Layered foam targets. You Correct. shoot the far right side. The thing's gonna, the thing's right. gonna turn. Right. 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 Yeah, and we're th- we're thinking around with some. We're thinking about ideas on a uh, a different size that might be um, more attractable as far as a price standpoint. Because uh, some guys say, "Oh my God, two hundred ninety-five bucks." Um, and then, you know, once they see it, shoot it, they understand. But some guys say, you know, I, I always shoot 20 to 30 yards. Man, it'd be great if you had something smaller. So we're kind of exploring some different options on looking at something that might be uh, a little more cost-effective for some guys out there. You see, and that, that price does sound expensive. But when you, if you guys haven't, uh, for our listeners, if you haven't checked out these targets, get online, check them out, go to our Facebook. We'll have those pictures up. And you, you look at this thing, you'll kind of be like, well, really, this – Really, it could be the last full target you ever buy. I mean, you'll be shooting this target 10, 15 years down the road. Yeah, because you can just replace replace the hex yeah, by hex. So. Yeah, and the actually the beauty of that as well, guys, is when we're not going to keep – I mean, we have it unbelievable material we're using right now, but as we improve material, every year that you refresh your target, you're getting the latest, greatest that we've come up with. Yeah. So you're not only, not only refreshing your target, you're getting the – latest greatest material that that we've come up with and that's I a think, good selling yeah, point it's like an apple update once I know. a year <laughs> latest and greatest <laughs> i had bought a, a smaller apple. layered foam brand name target back in uh may june something when i was tired of ripping fletchings off of my old target but from i passing through it yeah from yeah. passing through it because i already wore the center out but even this this new layered foam target, not gonna say brand new. Yeah, you gotta be but, careful. Yeah, but uh, it's already it's already the center's already punched out of it. So that was sixty five bucks down the drain. Well, uh, you know, and that's really that's really what drove the design. I mean, you know, Albert Einstein said, you know, insanity, do the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. And what do we do? We still go out and pay for mediocre. Yep. product and you know what you're just like me i want to have stuff that works and and that's what we started to think gosh there's got to be a better way i mean there's so much unused space if you're you know if you're practicing out 50 plus yards you're not going to aim at a corner worry about blowing up your arrows yeah or losing them and um so that's real that's really really what drove this design and uh we're pleased with how it came out i mean it's uh it's fun to shoot um and I think I've had every target that's been made by anybody else, and and um, that's was really part of our criteria is how do we come up with something that has all these interchangeable modules and and can last. You know what I'm um, thinking about right now, and this might be kind of random, 
You could probably stack if you like had like an archery club. You could get a bunch of these things and probably stack them and make a bigger hexagon and make like a big wall, <laughs> like a you know, I got like a wall. It's funny you bring that up. I got guys that want to do walls already at clubs. <laughs> I say, guys, I got to figure out how to get get some money in for the first uh, round of these custom aluminum molds. But, yeah, we, <laughs> yeah. we have guys to get a big-ass about... strap and just put them all together <laughs> and then just <laughs> strap go. them all hey, up. And, you, and well, you, know what, you know what you could do, and uh, maybe this is letting the cat out of the bag, but if you can get a mold where you can fit the hex in and it fits in perfect to those buck decoys. Huh? Oh. Ah, you see where I'm going? Yeah, there? yeah, yeah. There you go. Well, i got to make sure I'm not infringing anybody's uh, patent by doing so, but uh, oh, yeah, yeah that's a hell of an idea. Yeah, he's, and he's there's like, been all kinds of all kinds of rumors flying that we're getting in the 3D market, and hey. I said, time out, guys. I mean, one, <laughs> and let me let me comment. I said, I'm very inspired by Reinhardt, and they have a great product. I mean, really, ours is a totally different form and function than them. And, but I just uh, we're we're never going to go into 3D. We just want to be the best portable. <laughs> backyard yeah. target there is well if you have any breaking news that you just want to spill the beans you can do it on our show and uh yeah, we won't no, be mad perfect. about it <laughs> hey only like 35 people are gonna hear it so it's all right for some reason steve <laughs> always throws out 35 or 40 we have more listeners than that I like okay do we uh, all right email uh, us all 40 of you yeah you know minecraft is real big now with oh all yeah the kids getting into archery so you can make some like Oh. Shapes and stuff some, out of them. Some digital looking think, deer. Yeah, <laughs> hexagonal deer. I thought you said Minecraft. All right, no. Minecraft. Yeah, no, you Minecraft throw out is... random stuff all the time. You don't know what I'm talking about. No, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, so, Kevin, uh, where where are you out of? Where's uh, where's all this magic happening? All right, so I'm in Warden, Montana, which is 30 miles, uh, a little farm and ranch community, about 30 miles outside of Billings, Montana, mm. and. Um, we do some sub-assembly or final assembly here, but um, actually my uh, my chemicals are made in the Midwest and my mold is in Wisconsin. Um, nothing to do with Reinhardt or Block that are also in Wisconsin. Um, it just happens to work out easier for shipping chemicals from my foam. And uh, then uh, I can either do final out of there, which makes a lot of sense because you guys probably have more archers in one county than we have in the whole state of Montana. Um, Could be true. It, it, it and, might be. Sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, I, I think we have 40,000 40, 40, archers in the state of Montana. And, I mean, I think you take a few counties of you guys, Wisconsin, Iowa, whatever. I mean, it's you have that in a couple counties. You guys, oh, yeah. have, um, a, you guys have a big uh, ATA shoot in uh, Billings, right? Uh, you know, I don't do those shoots, so um, I, I don't. I know they there's a uh Montana Bow Archers Association they have a lot of uh, 3D and um tournaments but uh, I I don't get into the the tournament shooting. Okay. So anyhow, yeah, so my products pretty much made my straps and handles everything's made in Oregon. I've got a few things made in Montana and then the actually the the bulk of it though is uh chemicals and, and it's being molded in Wisconsin. So um, there's a good chance if your listeners order a Target, it'll probably be shipped out of Wisconsin as opposed to Montana. Gotcha. Well, after the show, if you want, you know, maybe this we'll just go and go get our Target because we're close enough to Wisconsin. We can yeah, we'll drive, drive up there. We'll drive there. 
hey, you guys are more welcome out here anytime you like, too. So, <laughs> yeah. um, if you've never been to Montana, it's a beautiful place. So I hear big sky country. Uh, I on the bucket list, super bucket list. Also, trying to find out where Longmire's actually filmed. I want to go there. <laughs> <laughs> where where what's filmed? Uh, the show Longmire. I've been bored. So oh. Steve's TV. been doing a lot of Netflix and chill. Yeah. <laughs> so, or whatever that, the kids say nowadays. I don't yeah, know what it the is. The only chilling I've been doing is with my Matthews. So, <laughs> oh, you, uh, so, um, so are you a big hunter yourself? Yeah, um, I would hope so. I mean, equally, as far as getting gun versus bow, I mean, we do both. I mean, and my uh, my wife hunts. We've got four kids. Our two oldest, Kevin and uh, Lindsay, are hunters. The other two younger girls are not. But um, they were. Still love the outdoors and camping. That they just didn't get the bug like the older two. And uh, it's actually my son that got us all into archery. And uh, in Nevada, you know, hunting antelope and deer with uh, a bow, and uh, pretty exciting. And, it's just, and it's, as far as recreation for a family, what a especially having four kids, just great and fun when you get uh, you're all outside and shooting targets, and um, just a good form of recreation. See, I know we could probably do a whole other episode, which we talked a little bit before um, we had Jan about doing just a whole episode on hunting and everything like that in your neck of the woods. But for, for what we got now, um, I want to talk about a little – what's up with the trail camera the thing that you mentioned? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he uh, he mentioned this off uh, off air. But Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Mont- you know, Montana's got some pretty unique rules, uh, and you know, they're, and they're – very hard one. They, there's no one. They'll, they'll write you tickets. I mean, there's guys that are coming out of state and plopping cameras down, and then the fishing game finds them. They'll wait and write you a ticket. But they're, uh, uh, one of the rules in Montana is once the season opens, no more trail cams. And the other one, as far as uh, for archery equipment, no lighted knocks, which to me is ridiculous. Uh, and then no lights on your sights, which, um, you know, I guess if you're going to give up some give up you can give up that and i don't not sure who really drives all those if it comes more from uh traditional bow hunters or shooting um recurves but uh the trail cam thing and i'm, I'm not sure where that came from but yeah absolutely no trail cams once the season over. my thing is i can relate to the lighted knock thing i can i can i can get that to a point i can get the how, how, how can you get that because it's putting technology in something that's supposed to be more primitive i understand i get why some people don't just okay no we gotta draw the line somewhere does your arrow fly better when the light is on no but it's just it's it, I get it. No, I get both sides of the argument. So don't come down on me. I'll beat your ass. Um, so <laughs> hopefully you don't have a lighted knock on. But with the lighted knock thing, I kind of get that. The sight light, I get that completely. But trail cameras, I, yeah, come I don't on. get that. Even say, if it's on your own private property, it's like, dude, this is my land. You know what I mean? Well, you can't have security no, yeah, cameras I mean, on your house either during hunting season. They, if a deer walks by your uh, house, you know what, guys? I the lighted knock one to me is more of a no brainer than the trail cam. I mean, I guess the trail cam. I can see you know, that. There's a, the trail cam to for more big game stuff is, I guess, talking about fair chase. I mean, you got guides now that all they do is they're not out on the mountain glass and looking. They're out running around uh, pulling cards out of their cameras on where they're seeing big rams or big bulls. And that's fine. If, if it's the same for everybody, I mean, like, you go to Arizona, 
and Kaibab, and, and I've had a friend go down there, and he's gone to one water hole, and there's been 12 cameras uh, <laughs> on one water hole. To see where right, he so needs, it, exactly he needs to sit or what? Well, they put, they wrote, they rotate those in. They see what kind of quality buck or bull or ram, whatever they see. And uh-huh. but I don't, as far as I know, Montana might be the only state without law that no trail cameras. That is interesting. Because what was it? Oh, early mid two thousands, maybe it might have been after that. I don't know how to say. It. Tony Lewiston from Iowa shot the world record whitetail with a muzzle loader and his uncle or something got a trail cam picture in the summer and I think he put like I'm hoping I remembered the story correctly he put like a trail camera on like every trail he could and basically figured out this deer's pattern and they he basically knew when this deer was going to come into the field and had that's, his nephew shoot it that's putting time in I don't know that's but, time and money it is it did, is did you say that they they'll wait for you and and then bust you with your with the trail camera up, is that? Did I hear that right? Was that a question to me? Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Uh, say, I'm sorry. Say that again. Did you say that that fishing game will will wait and wait for you at your trail oh, camera yeah. if it's on the? Tree. Oh yeah, and there was an episode I don't watch that much, but there, there's that warden show on Outdoor oh, Channel. Yeah. Montana game wardens are starting off. Some guy came from out of state. He had a tree stand by a water hole for elk, and he had a trail cam and. Um, they waited for him and wrote him a ticket. Um, wow. And the guy, the guy didn't know. I mean, he, he didn't know. In fact, quite honestly, when I moved up here eight years ago, I didn't, I didn't know. Um, yeah, you wouldn't, so you just, wouldn't even really think about that, but that's just one of those things. Check your rules and regulations yeah. before you go hunting in a state yeah. you're unfamiliar with. Yeah. But, but how long are they waiting there? <laughs> for, for me, <laughs> it'd be <laughs> months. Right. Yeah, they're paid by the hour. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, they're hunting your spot. <laughs> Wait, did you say he was hunting uh, elk out of a tree stand? Yeah, he was. He was hunting elk out of a tree stand. Yeah, it can be effective in some areas. So, yeah, I guess if you if you set out your trail camera, you can figure out exactly where they're going to be. <laughs> yeah. You got to do it early, though. Hmm. You know, uh, I get how that argue, that trail camera argument. I get that, and we'll get we'll get back talking about the targets here. But that's just something really interesting I wanted to bring up that a lot of our listeners probably didn't realize about Montana. But I have five trail cameras out in the woods right now, and I've never my property is kind of unique, and it's just like I've never found a deer on a pattern from my trail cameras. Like, oh, he's going to be there at five o'clock. I'm going to go sit there, and oh, here he is, five o'clock. Yeah, it never had it happen. So much. Yeah. So, or I've just never had a, a buck that predictable. But when you have 15 of them up, I guess you could kind of... I'm going to keep buying them until I get 15 of yeah, them. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's the... You know, and it's, like I said, as long as it's the same for everyone, I mean, we just live with it, and that's just part of the rules. Um, another kind of unique rule here is the... Uh, I believe it's over 40 inches, square inches of, of blaze orange during rifle season. We have and, something uh, similar to that. I don't know how many inches it is exactly, because I'm not real big on gun hunting, but we have to wear so many inches of blaze. Yeah, and you know what? I've been out in the hills here where uh, all of a sudden, you know, I mean, sun's barely coming up, and it, you get shots firing, you're going, holy man, you want to take cover. Oh, it's yeah. It's like, you got to be kidding me. I'm glad I'm wearing blaze ones. Uh-huh. So, but and that, the only thing there is once your archery season closes then once rifle opens you obviously can still hunt with your bow but then you'd have to have the blaze orange um 
requirements. See, I don't know fire. if you're familiar. In Illinois, once firearm season opens, first shotgun. I don't know if you can do it in second shotgun or not. I'm not sure. But I know first shotgun season, you can't even bow hunt even if you wear blaze orange. I wouldn't really want to. They, they close it for that week. I want to. That's a beautiful weekend to be hunting. Now, you guys slug only, slug only no rifle? Um, yeah. And muzzle loader. And muzzle, okay. Yep. Um, no rifle here. There's some counties in southern Iowa you can rifle is there hunt. Is there rifle counties in Iowa? Yeah, southern oh. down by Missouri. Oh. Really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. I know Wisconsin, too. Um, I don't know. A lot of the su- su- um, southern counties are sh- like Illinois, shotgun and muzzleloader. And then I think once you get into the northern counties in Wisconsin, it's all rifle. Well, I mean, <clears throat> you know, rifle or not, during those times, you know, instead of worrying about blaze orange, you could always just, during that time that the season's closed, shoot at your matrix target and make sure that, you know, when you're ready to come back in that late season, <laughs> that you're good to go. Yeah. You guys yeah like speaking that? speaking of like color, that. that's what we, we tell people. It comes in two, we're, like, we're like Henry Ford. It comes in two colors, black or black. <laughs> so, you know, uh, we can actually have material we can do in different colors and, uh, looking at that down the road, but right now with just testing, I mean, the black with the white uh, aiming hex is what's really worked out best. We tried yellow, and everybody's got a yellow pen, and quite honestly, at 50-plus stars, the yellow just didn't stand out. Right. Yeah, I can see now, that. Lime green might not be a bad idea. Derek over here is getting all crazy about lime green. He's, <laughs> he's got a lime green well, you know shirt what? on right now. We could do, I mean, obviously down the road as far as customization, I mean, we could probably – painted the rainbow for you. I mean, or, or like that. no, that's for Derek. A different accessory that. would be accessory <laughs> would be decals that can go on that spot, replaceable. If you had one that um, looked like Sasquatch, Derek would buy it in a heartbeat. That, or if you can make up yeah. the center dot on these, the Arby's logo, Steve oh, would be all boy. over that. Oh, we, could, we could do that. Arby's but you probably wouldn't maroon. want to shoot the Arby's logo, right? You'd be hitting 12 rings all day. <laughs> oh, dude, I'd be hitting 12 and onion rings all day. I'm telling you, that so logo, I, Arby sauce maroon, oh, good God. That's oh an inside joke with the podcast that Steve just loves. So are you guys uh, Cubs fans or Cardinals fans? Um, actually, in the intro, I said no one cares about the Cubs. So. <laughs> you know what? I figured you're close enough to St. Louis, then that was the... Uh, well, we're like right the in the middle. Yeah, we're, we're, we're closer right. to Chicago. Are you? Yeah, yeah, we're about two and a half hours away from Chicago. Three. Uh, with three, if you want to get to we're in Chirard, Chicago, Chicago. But uh, uh, in about four from St. Louis. But there's oh. Cubs and Cardinals fans everywhere here and... I'm a right, fan. right. We'll say this: the well, only person I, I that really up, cares Cubs is Steve. And Bears fans. I'm still a Bears fan, and my son was born into being a Bears fan. And uh, we're just, in fact, a couple of my kids were at. Uh, they're back at a wedding in Chicago, and they were at the Green Bay game. And my daughter Lindsay said, "Daddy says some some gal was wearing a T-shirt that said Cutler makes me drink, <laughs> <laughs> but he makes me drink too." Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's funny because on the podcast, I personally don't watch sports. It doesn't interest <laughs> me. Eric's in the same boat. I don't, Derek, I don't know where he's standing. Derek's 50 50. I'm a hockey guy. Steve, he knows everything about everything. You want to talk about pro wrestling? He'll talk to you about pro wrestling. You want to talk about <laughs> baseball? He got the baseball. What else? Basketball, football, Arby's. Arby's. Whatever you want to do. <laughs> he got specializes it. in it. 10 foot ladder stands. Yeah, if you only hang on out of 10 foot ladder stands, he's there. He's there. I'm telling you, man, proven deadly. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> not, not, not this season. No, uh, yeah, you know, it's 
it's always one of those those things too, you know, with sports. I mean, you know, this year it, I haven't been as as focused because you know it's because you care more about hunting this year. I do, yeah, because I'm a big Cincinnati Bengals fan, and they're just tearing it up. I'm like, you know what? I haven't been watching these games. They're winning. I'm happy, you know. But but football season and then baseball season starts to come to an end in hockey. It's just it's like guys. Let's just take three months off of sports, you know, October, November, <laughs> December, a little bit January, and just no sports. This weekend, Kevin, I'll tell you this. We might go to uh, – I don't know if you've ever heard of the Bone Shed. It's in Ottawa, Illinois, the Bone Collector. It's basically the Bone Collector store. Headquarters. Head, uh, yeah. Um, our One of our favorite bow shops. Um, Steve wears the same Cincinnati um, – I'm going to try and say it right – Bengals. Bingo, or it depends on who you're calling. Bingles. Um, we need to take him to the bone shed, and Tim at the bone shed needs to just hook you up with nothing but bone collector shirts because I'm tired of looking at the same Bingles football T-shirt. I'm tired of it. I got, I got a Killcliff shirt now. Well, wear it. Where would you say that shop is? Ottawa? Ottawa, yeah. Yep. Ottawa. yep. Oh, okay. Straight up uh, from us, Interstate 80. It's uh, hmm. On the way to see, uh, you mentioned your hometown is uh, Morris. Yes, not not far from Morris. Yep, it's uh, the Bone Shed is a magical place. Huh. it really, really is. It uh, takes us back. We need to take you and get a makeover at the Bone Shed. There's we an need- Arby's right by there too. <laughs> Do they have a uh, a barber up there? Uh, Tim's gonna a- give him a goatee. Yeah. <laughs> They've got an interim. Talked about this. Now, um, I, you know what I've always been been curious about too. Uh, out in Montana, I mean, how did you how did you land out there? I mean, is the weather right, or is it just so gorgeous out there that you couldn't? Well, my mine's a little different story. I was in Nevada for close to thirty years, and uh, when I moved out, I moved to Nevada when I was twenty one after college. But I started going out there when I was nineteen, and just love you know the big open spaces and. 80% of Nevada's BLM, so you pretty much get to hunt wherever you want to go. And we hunt a bird called chucker, which is like the greatest upland game there is. And um, in the long season from like first Saturday, October to the end of January. And in fact, I think it opens, I think it opens um, this Saturday. But um, anyhow, so got into the, the big game hunting and bighorn sheep. and But the difference in Nevada is, you might get a good deer tag every three to five years, maybe. Antelope, you kill an antelope, you have to sit out five years. You kill an elk, you sit out ten years. So it's pretty wow. much a one and one and done. I applied 26 years before I drew an elk tag and uh, was fortunate enough to kill a really good bull. But um, but I was also day 11, almost coming home with nothing. And uh, and then if you don't kill, you sit out five years, but then you're you're back in trying to get the bonus points to draw. So it's a challenge on getting tags. Um, so one one elk and then you 10 years, you can't do it. No. Done. Difference in Montana. Montana moved up here. I was in the gaming or gambling business and uh, <laughs> came, up here to, came up here to run a company that was manufacturing uh, video poker and keynote machines. And then, uh, But anyhow, um, up here you get to go deer, elk, antelope, we have Miriam's turkeys. You got fall and spring tags. You got then you get to apply for moose, sheep, and goat, which have not drawn, but those are uh, like lottery draws. Um, but here you just get to go. So uh, answer your question. Kind of lucky how we ended up here. We um, really love Nevada, but uh, I'd say Billings, Montana, which is the biggest city in Montana, reminds us of Reno like 30 years ago. I think the <laughs> 
population of Billings is about 120,000 or so. They don't have a bowling museum there, though, do they? Um, in Billings? <laughs> in Billings, yeah. No, no, just Reno. I think Reno's the, the bowling <laughs> yeah. cap. See, Steve bowling knows everything. Stadium. I'm sitting here like, don't get that reference either. Hmm, what else do we know? <laughs> oh, hold on. Now, I noticed when you were explaining that, Kurt, your head popped up when uh, when you mentioned turkeys. Yeah, I've always wanted to get a Merriam turkey. Yeah, uh, they're beautiful. And you know what? People out here don't. I mean, for me being, I'm 30 miles out of town, and you think where I go, I back up to the Yellowstone River, um, and got pro- I think we have, we've got 45 acres here, but there's a lot of uh, BLM, and you think it'd just be crawling with hunters, and it just doesn't get hit for whatever reason. I don't know whether you guys don't hmm. get into turkey hunting. Well, I'll be out next year then. So. Yeah, no, I was about to say, well, <laughs> we'll, we'll be seeing you in a couple of weeks here. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Oh, this is a, this is one to get you in the fall. You get to shoot a turkey with. I had a friend come up from Reno, and he said, uh, he's reading the regs, and he says, my God, he goes, I think anything. Everything to kill a turkey is legal except a hand grenade, because uh, you can shoot them with you can shoot them with a high powered rifle and scope. You can shoot them with anything in the fall. Can you really? I swear you can shoot a turkey in a here. We can't have trail cams out. We can't have lighted knocks, but you can shoot a turkey with a thirty out six. Who is writing these rules? <laughs> Not a few. Is there someone who's like? It's just immediate turkey nuggets. I, I, yeah. I, no, they, you know what they have to be? It has to be a husband and wife, and it's like, well, no trail cams, you know. During the season. Well, fine. Then I get to shoot turkeys with an AR. 300 blackout. No big deal. Uh, <laughs> That's I mean, probably what's was, going down. I had to read it to believe it. Yeah, it's true. True stories. So. Well, um, right, well, we'll actually, our... you know, tur- shooting, you guys know shooting turkeys is more fun with, it's more fun with a bow, but, um, heck, in this, there's nothing like the spring or, or and now it's fall. Um, I haven't seen any yet back here, but they're around. Yeah, see, in Illinois, once our um, fall archery season opens up, you can buy a turkey tag. I think they're like five fifty now for a resident. I don't know what they are for non-resident for a fall um, archery turkey. And I think you have till I kind of give up on them after October anyway. But um, I don't ever really go for them. But if I, you know, if I see them, I'm in my stand. I'll take a shot at one. And I believe you can shoot. Either sex, either sex. Yep. In the yeah, fall. I think that's here, and I think our resident tag six fifty, and then uh, I think non residents fifty bucks. But then same kind of deal. It's a long season. We get September first to January first. Really, I think our yeah, October first to. It's not when deer season closed. He's got it right there. You got a mm-hmm. turkey tag on you? Oh yeah, pull that baby out. But we're talking about the Merriam turkeys. I just love that white strip. Yeah, they're beautiful. That is a gorgeous, gorgeous bird. I want. Yeah, I have a full mounted Eastern, and it's a beautiful mount. But I just want like a tail fan um, mount from every species of turkey. Ours is January seventeenth. January seventeenth. That's probably when deer That's season closes. Huh? Yep. Yeah. So it's quite a long time. All year. Now that's All season. Uh, yeah, we might have to make a trip out to Montana there and. Uh, yeah, it's on the bucket list. Anything uh, else? Absolutely. You just got to hit. You hit I-94 and just take 94 the whole way. You're within two miles of my house. So there is the, direction, the directions are easy. We'll be th- we'll be there. We'll bring uh, whatever kind of beer you like to drink <laughs> well, yeah, and some cause, Arby's. Because I know, I know you'll have some uh, Big Sky uh, brews out there for us. Oh, yeah. We've got no shortage of great brew pubs in Billings so, and Montana. <laughs> how much? Uh, oh, you're in Montana. What else are you going to do? How much are the Sasquatch tags out there? Oh God! <laughs> oh well. Speaking of Sasquatch, our daughter Lindsay drew a bison tag for West Yellowstone this year. Swear, really, <laughs> really? She drew. 
there was like a, last year, I think there was 11,000 applications. There's no bonus point system. So there was 11,000 apps for 44 tags between West Yellowstone and Gardner, Montana, and she drew one. So wow. it runs from November 1st till sometime in January, and then um, Fish and Game lets you know when they're out of the park because they want them. There's, because of the, the issue with managing bison here is because the ranchers don't want them getting in with their cattle because they their carriers are brucellosis, so ah. they want to make sure that they – they harvest and get those numbers. Well, it takes a certain amount of snow to get them to migrate into some winter areas. And I think it's a legit hunt. I don't think it should just show up and shoot standing on the side when, of the road. When, when does that start? Uh, November 1st, but it, uh, probably it, it'll take some snow to get them to where we would be able to hunt. So I'm guessing it's probably uh, December, January when we go out. Are you what? going with us? Who knows? We could, we could get the, I guess we could get the snow late November and uh-huh. if, it, if it really starts coming on. Let us know. If, um, shoot me a text when you go on that hunt, and you know, fill us in. Let us know if you end up getting something. Yeah, are you, are yeah, you, yeah. Is it with a uh, with a rifle or can you or yeah. bow or? You know, they require. Um, it's a good question. They require a certain caliber. So I think it's we've got a three forty Weatherby um, that my wife's killed a moose with. So I mean, it's shooting two hundred twenty grain nozzlers. So. We have a <laughs> buffalo gun. <laughs> well, if you get one, but I tell you what, I've never, I've never. I mean, to shoot one, I mean, pretty much a once in a lifetime. And I mean, I can't oh, even yeah. imagine. Uh, I think a big bull's twenty two hundred plus pounds. Jeez. Well, send us some wings if you get one. <laughs> Broken, perfect. Tossed in Kirby sauce. <laughs> <laughs> Had to do it. Can't mention buffalo without talking about their wings. Yeah. Now that is. Uh, you guys got moose in uh, Montana, correct? Yeah, Shiras. Yes, we do. Okay. Yeah. And and same kind of deal. That's a that's a tough draw, like uh, bighorn sheep or mountain goat. But or the bison tag. Those are all uh, now sheep, moose, and goat. You can put in and get bonus points um, yearly, and then just lottery hit. You just hope. Hopefully, you get lucky one of these years. Cool, cool. Well, I mean, we're getting to the to the end of the episode here. Um, it's 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 always like you know really interesting hearing about you know because obviously you know where where we stand here in Illinois we're uh, you know the this part of the Midwest it, we're all focused on white tails right, right? right. And, right. You, know, you, you start talking to some people that are out you know even in like Washington you know it's just they, they got black buck out there I mean it's just black buck black, <laughs> black, black, black tail black tail they got <laughs> mules they got black buck they got... I, was, I was thinking of Baker's black Baker. <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, a buddy of ours, he was out there, but uh, yeah, it's just it, it, it's always really interesting to me. You know, it's we don't have the variety of species around here. Yeah, because we're just so caught up and so hyped that it's like we white tails or turkey, get... white tails or turkey. Or you know, you guys apply coyotes. in any you guys apply in any western states for tags? You know, ah. with me, you know what's funny? Um, my buddy just drew an Arizona um, elk tag, and he invited. I can go with them if I want to, kind of have the experience in November. Um, I always mean to every year and it's just like, I never do it. Um, I need to basically just get on and set reminders on my phone, like apply for a point in this state, this state, in this state. And I just, I just need to get on every state that I want to hunt and start applying and I don't do it. I, I think just it, procrastinate. Well, just, I mean, just a little tip and I don't know how old you guys are, but, um, to, to start 20s. the bone, 
early 20s, and I'm, I just turned 56 a couple days ago. So, Hi, Dad. Um, to start, yeah, <laughs> to start to start the bonus point game at your age, it, it's okay, but you just plan on, you apply for 20 years, and you just bought non-resident licenses for 100 to 150 bucks every year. Don't you, you didn't get go reimbursed and, a lot of that money, though, if you don't draw? No, if you buy a bonus point, you eat that license. Oh, wow. So, so you guys are young enough where you could do that. Now, and then I would suggest, you know, there's Eastman's Bow Hunting Journal. You got Hunting Fool. You got Hunting Fool is a different. great magazine. I have. Yeah, and, and those guys those guys know the lay down as far as, you know, where to, where to try to apply. So if you have a. And then you can draw. I mean, to get Montana elk and deer is not a difficult draw. I mean, um, might be tougher to figure out where exactly to try to go to stay away from crowds. But um, yeah. um, but the other thing I was going to tell you, if you don't want to get into the game of buying bonus points and investing all that money and just eating those licenses every year, I mean, each state has uh, what they call super tag or dream tags. And mm-hmm. so you can buy a raffle ticket for five bucks and have at least have your name in a hat. And I mean, it's going to be long odds, but, those are tags that, um, like our Missouri River Breaks, which has some of the biggest bighorn in the world, um, you can draw that for a $5 tag, and that's um, that tag will sell for around 400000 to on the governor's tag, and I had auction. Wow. In fact, in fact, Jimmy John's from Illinois, right? Jimmy John Lee, yeah. how you say his last name? He <laughs> bought that tag three years in a row and paid 350 to 400000 each year. To, he bought it three years in a row. Good wow. gracious. Did you see that, that 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 speed goat that he knocked down? No, I no, I didn't. Okay. I, um, yeah, there's a picture. Ted Nugent put it up. Uh, I I didn't we'll know if this thing was real. We'll put it back on our Facebook. Um, that picture of that thing we'll was it the Jimmy John sand- was it the Jimmy John sandwich guy? Yeah, I think it was actually Jimmy oh, John. Uh, yeah, he knocked down the in this. <laughs> you'll just have to see it. I I, I don't want to. I don't want to ruin any surprises for you, but yeah, I didn't think it was real. Um, was it Jimmy John or was it the Jim the, the Jack Link Jerky guy? <laughs> oh, wait a minute now. Now you got me you know. I saw I, I saw one. Yeah, it looked like a creature. It didn't look real. Um, I don't know if Jimmy John hunts goats, but um, but anyhow, you know, he bought he bought those tags. That's great support for Montana wildlife and. He's obviously in a position where he can afford to do so, but um, you know, you guys can buy those raffle tickets. As these other states, you can buy them for five, ten bucks a piece, and at least have your name in, in the hat. So in if you ever draw, line. that's a tag of a lifetime. Yeah, we'll have and, to, and have to start have doing to... that and getting up on that stuff, because I do want to get out west and do something. Um, my my cousin actually um, does a show on Sportsman's Channel. And he does a uh, public land uh, Colorado elk. He got a really nice elk this year, actually. And oh, right on! It looks like a good time. Um, Steve's trying to find that picture of that antelope right now. He's uh, on Ted Nugent's Facebook, like frantically scrolling. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I. W- oh, hold on, hold on. Yep, never mind. We'll uh, we'll we'll share it on our Facebook and get it on there. So you have to just check it out on there, and then uh, but well, you guys check out the targets matrixtargets.com. Yeah, matrixtargets.com. You can check us out on Instagram. It's hashtag matrixtargets. And that's, I believe, how you guys found us, vice versa. Yep, so, yep, yep it is. Um, that's a real effective way for us to reach out to a lot of people. And What about um, Facebook? 
Yeah, we're on Facebook as well, and I think my phone number or my contact info is on all of it, so you can, you know, whoever can feel free to call with any questions and um, be glad to help them out. Okay, yeah, we'll share all that stuff on all our social media pages. Um, this episode will obviously be up on all of that. That's probably where a lot of our listeners find it. Um, and then uh, you sent a bunch of pictures before the show. Um, we'll be sure to post all that on there, too, so people can check it out. And, and see. eventually we're going to have one of these targets. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, for sure. Um, absolutely. Yeah, it would have been a lot easier to have one in front of it. Um, I know the timing, things didn't work out, but we'll we'll figure that out. Yeah, we'll, we'll sure. figure something out. And then, heck, we'll have you back on here in <laughs> a couple like, months. Hex, we'll have you back on. Yeah, Hex, we'll have you back on <laughs> in a couple months, um, and we'll talk about just hunting in general and how you're doing with the targets and we'll, we'll catch back up. So, okay. Sounds good. And it, it, it was Jack links, uh, Troy link from Jack links. Okay. Yeah. 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 I see so, that one. I think, yeah, you saw what I saw. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> so we really appreciate you being on the show. Um, check out. Hey, Matrix thanks for your targets, time. Guys. Thanks for your time. Thanks for calling me. Have a good one guys. Um, so guys, sorry we we skipped an episode last week. Um, obviously, we're all hunting. We're all busy in the Midwest right now, or actually all over the country right now, all hunting and doing our thing. Um, we are going to stay on a regular schedule at least till from now on November, the first November. week of November or we the might second have to week. Skip an there might be a then. skipped episode. We're going to try to be the old faithful of podcasts. Yeah, <laughs> it'll still be every Thursday. Um, so all you third shift guys working. Um, don't worry, you'll get to hear our episode every week. Get to hear our so, voices. Thanks, guys, for listening this week. We'll check in with you next week. Hopefully one of us has a deer on the ground. Good luck to everyone out there in the woods. You know what to do. Go shoot a deer. Ah. Mm-hmm.